It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Yeah, doing good. Glad to be back. Always, you know, when we take a long absence from Bleach, you know, we always uh, come back with a with a banger to kind of do a, a marathon run, if you will. And, uh, you know, this, this is a trifecta show, so, you know. Yeah, uh, so we've got episodes or um, versions, as they call it, 51, 52, and 53. We're going to start with Shinjuku Face, everyone's favorite wrestling nightclub. <laughs> um, the Compact and Bijou Arena, which saw... Uh, card uh, on the 6th of May, which featured 319 people in attendance, which isn't bad for Shinjuku face. Issei Omitskaya and Kaz Hayashi uh, went up against um, Yan's family and did not fare well. Eight minutes and 12 seconds. And for some reason, Omitskaya and Hayashi are now both willing to be members of Yan's family. I don't know how this has worked. It's some kind of Stockholm Syndrome thing going on between the two. We will see the resolution of this mini story later in the show. What did you think of this opener, which kind of set a storyline going forward for the next three shows? Yeah, it is. Because, like, you know, we've been talking about it multiple shows, this, this obviously, introduction of Young Family, and then it's been growing, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. both uh, for the brand in terms of color style and, 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 and merch and whatnot, and uh, to which... To which Camino uh, makes it a a point to show off during matches. Um, but yeah, they've been getting better and better. Obviously, led by Ito, who was an absolute stud, but they've been growing in that in that regard. So, you know, the story of uh, Issei throughout these three shows, and and you know, uh, just through different matches, and then Yon's family in general, like you said, it's been it's been interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Ito is is practically you know a one man show himself, so. It's never too easy to, to beat him, you know, with help. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, just an interesting little dynamic they've got going on between these five individuals, especially like Kaz Hayashi, who's like, you know, 25 year veteran, Michinoku Pro, WCW, All Japan, you know, this <laughs> is like begging to be in a faction that started three weeks ago. But there you go. These things happen. Um, so we'll tell you the, the resolution of that particular match later on. Speaking of uh, ongoing stories, Unus Onugai there, with the end of Michiko Miyagi being a member of Glate, as far as we know, still not heard anything. Could be anything happening. Yunagi Sayaki, sorry, Yunagi Sakai, um, the free agent who we think is now signed for Glate, um, we think, uh, took on her new protege, Yukari Hosokawa. Informant and beat her in four minutes and 47 seconds. This was pretty even tempered as um, Sakai actually tries to establish herself as the veteran in the company because she is. And Asakawa tries to, you know, try and assert herself even though she's a rookie. She's been there longer than anyone else and she's trying to develop as a, as a wrestler. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, four minutes and 47 seconds. Obviously, didn't get a cage match rating because it's not five minutes long, just fell short of that. But trying to tell the story here, what do we think of this one, Marcus? Yes, fiery young upstar going against the, you know, the OG, if you will, and uh, obviously had a, a you know, size disadvantage. 
and and whatnot. Like I said, she was fiery, fired up, and, and kind of brought that flair. But ultimately, she just couldn't compete with the you know strength and size advantage, and it kind of fell, you know, as the chips would in that scenario to the more experienced uh, person with officers. Like I said, you know, bigger, strong, and fast, and all that stuff. So um, she'll get better, but you know, she she just didn't have no chance. She was kind of fighting uphill, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's the story. There was a promo afterwards where, um, you know, uh, Sokai has nice words to say about Hosokawa. He's trying to encourage her. Um, he's taking her under her wing, and she did help her to the back. So there's positive talk there. Um, so we'll see what happens. They tag on a QF card in a couple of days that we're going to talk about later. So we'll see what happens there. Um, next up was something a bit unusual, something we don't really see too often, which was a three-way match between Yusuke Kadama of Yan's family, John Tuncho of 60 Seconds, and Yue Suzumu uh, making his debut, I think, for Glate. I look back. Yes, this was his Glate. He's normally a wrestler for Freedoms. He does most of his works in Freedoms, but he's a general freelancer. Uh, for instance, last year, he wrestled for Noah and for Freedoms and the Japanese Indies. This year, he's wrestled for Freedoms. Uh, Tenry Project, Dufro Wrestling, J Stage, New Professional Wrestling, and First Blast Professional Wrestling. So kind of a freelancer on the deathmatchy end of things. Um, but he's quite good. I enjoyed his work. He's um, really quick and um, kind of fit into a match with Kodama and Tancho, as you would expect. Eight minutes and one seconds. What did you think of this one, Marcus? This was interesting because we don't, you know, obviously see, uh, get a slew of triple threats uh, in Glee, uh, but that but that, that actually may become more of a thing, just the way things have, you know, been going. Because uh, guys like John Sean and Yuya, um, and I think another combination throwing another guy in there would be, you know, probably be a main event level match. But, but here it kind of felt like... Uh, Tom showing Yuya was having a, a, a singles and and, and uh, Kadama was kind of finding, kind of getting in where he fit in, if you will, uh, <laughs> which is because that's how it ended up turning out. Um, he kind he kind of crawled away with the win, but it, it was fun. But uh, looking at it, the takeaway, I, I kind of want like almost maybe a 15 minute one with Tom showing and Yuya because they was they were very much uh, focused in on each other, and that's that's probably what caused them the match because they they really was kind of trying to. So Kadama to the side, and he kind of just found his lane and got in and got out of there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, for someone coming into the company, he he kind of fit in nicely. But you're right. I would like to see a singles match between John Tancho and Yu Susumu because that would be really a lot of fun to watch. Especially with Susumu being a lot older, having a lot more experience, it would be great to see him and Tancho and see Tancho, you know, see how he deals with that. To be honest with you, I like Yusuke Kadama as well. He's kind of the in-between two, but Kadama, as we've talked about a lot, is much more character-led and much more of a sneaky heel kind of character, which um, kind of fits into Yan's family nicely, I think. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to the next one, which was Voodoo Murders. Jun Sato and Rei Sato, they defeated Munoru Tanaka and Yu Iska. 10 minutes and 51 seconds. As you remember, a couple of weeks ago, they turned upon Glade shows and challenged the current Infinity Tag Team champions, the Bulk Orchestra, to a title match. And Bulk Orchestra said, no, you've got to wait in line like everybody else. So this was their first match uh, to build up their story with um, 
Bulk Orchestra and try and get their way to the championship. As you can imagine, trying to make a bit of an impression, they did give Tanaka and Iska a bit of a kick in. 10 minutes and 51 seconds, uh, kind of a lopsided affair. You know, it's Munro Tanaka. They're not always going to get their own way. <laughs> but the bigger, stiffer, taller guys certainly had, you know, from the big faction in All Japan. And we're talking about the All Japan TV champion in Minoru Tanaka here. Um, so there was things to play for. So, yeah, it was uh, intriguing to see the way things have gone. Yeah, it's... Uh, who's on the tag? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that combination, because we were talking about Tasha and uh, Mitsuchi, that yeah. uh, sixty seconds is like I always say one of my favorites, and, and Linda Man and and, and Wild Tanaka, but they really could. What well, this went for well, twelve minutes thirty five seconds. Uh, no, that's wrong. Ten, minutes, ten um, minutes and fifty one seconds. Yeah, sorry, uh, I was on the wrong card. Um, <laughs> yeah, voodoo, voodoo murderers, man. Uh, yeah, you usually you and Tanaka have a very uh, unique fluidity. Uh, with each other, uh, but you know, you would think that somebody named Voodoo Murders would be able to come with it, and 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 they did. Um, so, uh, but I, I like the combinations that they've been throwing uh, Tanaka in because obviously he's a Star Wars veteran, um, and he kind of always just works his style style in there. But this was a uh, this was definitely a, a fun little fun little match, and just be interesting to see Voodoo. In there and get in there and, and maybe mix it up more with uh Bull Cork Orchestra to maybe potentially uh get a title shot or something like that. I think that's the last one. Yeah. From the story point of view. So we'll have to see what happens, but I think they're gonna use Moody Murders as much as they possibly can, because obviously that star power draw that helps out late, which is a very sensible thing to do. Don't just book them for one match, book them for several stars. <laughs> if you've got the opportunity to use it. Um, plus, it gives the guys from Booty Murder some experience and different people to wrestle. You know, obviously they're wrestling in all Japan regular here in Minoru Tanaka, but you know what I mean. Um, interesting Voodoo Murders story this week from All Japan Pro Wrestling was Suwama, long-time ace of All Japan, or ace back in the day. He's kind of a bit lower down the card these days. Was kicked out of Voodoo Murders. Suwama is currently in a feud with Keno from Noah, uh, and Keno said he could join Congo if he wanted because I could do with a bag carrier, which is the kind of level that that feud is currently running at. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Suwama was not available for comment. Um, Shall we move on to the next match? Um, This one was really interesting, because the next one was Stronghearts, El Lindemann and T-Hook, obviously the current and former G-Rex champions, Going up against Son Watanabe and Tetsuya Izuchi. Son Watanabe is a elite army regular and Izuchi is a member of 60 Seconds, arguably the leader of 60 Seconds. So this was an important match as far as everyone was concerned for um, bragging rights and championship matches and such. Um, and Watanabe and T-Hawk and Lindemann and Iduchi kind of pulled out all the stops, and this was interesting layers because what Navi and Zuchi are supposed to be faces, but so are strong hearts. And it was a very kind of 
blurred line between the four of them as to what was going on here. And this was really well done in the story they were trying to tell. Izuchi and Watanabe feeling frustrations with each other because they both want to show up T-Hawk as they've both come up very quickly this year and got a lot of big wins. And obviously, you know, that's that's kind of putting pressure on both of them to succeed because they're the young upright upcoming stars. And kind of there's Linderman gatekeeping for T-Hawk as former champion. So what's your <laughs> thoughts on this complicated storyline in the middle of a blinding wrestling match? <laughs> yeah, it was complicated, but that made the match all the more fun. I mean, to me, they could have swapped this out with the uh, the next match and made it the main event. Um, obviously, Glee has their form in, in, in terms of who they like to kind of close out the shows, unless it's a, a title match or what have you. And we always talk about the overarching story that's going on with, with the company in general right now when it comes to these factions. But this was, man, this was fun. I was... I mean, this went 20 minutes, but I almost uh, threw something at the laptop when the, when the bell rung. Because uh, I kind of wanted it to keep going. It was it was that good. And honestly, the, you know, to your point about how complicated it is, and if it wasn't Linderman, like you said, almost gave even for T-Hawk, they could potentially turn something like this into a four-way if they wanted to. You know, another another rare thing that they do. We've seen, you know, variations, but this, that, you know, this could be how that goes. T-Hawk's obviously on a roll. He's a stud, Linderman. Star work, but uh, like you said, Watanabe and Tetsuya have been slowly but surely building up, and and they really did come off like they had something to prove, and it was brilliant. Um, and I hope they they run this back in some form or fashion because this was stellar. Indeed, as, as the fans of Philadelphia in the early 1990s would say, we did want five fucking more of this. Um, but you get what you get, I guess, and that's what Glade were not willing to give. Um, but they left it in an interesting place because a 20-minute draw means no one wins and no one loses and no one gets ahead. And T-Hook has clearly got two challenges, and that was the promo story going through the rest of this card. We get to the main event, and it was a scramble elimination match. This was, this was all the rules possible. <laughs> it was Volk Orchestra versus Black Generation International. And it was pinfall submissions and over-the-top rope eliminations with Lucha tag rules, I think. I think you could get away with Lucha tag rules in this, couldn't you? Was it me? It felt like that. Put it that way. No, it had it had to be. <laughs> it, 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 had, it had to be. I'm like, they, like, it got to the point where I'm like, the ref is just in there as window dressing. dressing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it got to be. So Black Generation International's lineup was Hartley Jackson, Keito Ishida, Katora Suzuki, Yutani, and maybe for one night only, because he's about, and we need somebody, Mazada, <laughs> formerly the New Japan Pro Wrestling, who we've looked at before. He's been on a great show a couple of times before. And the full full power lineup of Bulk Orchestra, Chek Shimatani, Hayoti Tamura, Kazma Sakimoto, Quiet Storm, Araichi Kawakami. Um, and so this was kind of like war games, in that everyone came in at one minute intervals, but they came in together to keep it fair. And you could eliminate people by pinfalls or submissions to start with. And then once everybody was in, you could do over the top rope as well. Did I get that right? That's what it seemed like anyway. <laughs> so despite the, the somewhat complicated rules, it was pretty, for, pretty entertaining. Um, in the order of elimination, according to Cage Match, Chuck Shimatani eliminated Keito Ishida. Uh, oh, hang on. No, wrong way around. Quiet Storm eliminated Katoro Suzuki. 
Yutani eliminated Quiet Storm. Kazuma Sakamoto eliminated Harley Jackson. Keito Ishida eliminated Kazuma Sakamoto. Yutani eliminated Reichi Kawakami. Chechi Matami eliminated Mazada. Hayoto Tamura and Yutani eliminated uh, each other. And then Chek Shimitami eliminated Keitu Ishida at 25 minutes and 51 seconds. And that was over the top rope, I believe. What was it a pinfall at the end? Oh, yeah. Check. Yeah. Um, to um, to take the victory for Bulk Orchestra. As the tide is slowly starting to turn on Black Generation International. And they are not winning the way they used to win. Not that long ago. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Because is, there's a lot going on here. There's some heavy lifting in this particular match. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Like I said, obviously, you know, for me, like I said, they could have switched this with the uh, match before for, for the main events, but that was just because how I felt about the match. Like, they were both deeply entertaining, one for the complexity in uh, the last match, but this was, like, entertaining for the chaos of it. Um, but you understood the energy and the franticness because, obviously, these are the factions that's fighting for, for supremacy, if you will. Um, and, obviously, the, you know, you know, Volker Kessler has a very kind of steadfast approach to, to how they like to do things. And, and Black Generation has a very, uh, um, you know, also divide and conquer, but a, a very um, tactical fluidity about themselves as well. Like they, you know, it's a lot of good coordination going on on both ends. More Volker Kessler kind of seems like it's kind of chaos, but it's very organized the way that they do it. And then, you know, uh, if they're a hammer, you know, you know, black generation kind of like a, like a, like a precision blade, if you will, in, in certain aspects. So it's always interesting watching that. But like you said, this was kind of, you know, throw everything in, including the kitchen sink with the, with the lucha rules. Cause it did get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm going to just wait <laughs> to see somebody roll out. And when they don't come back in, they, I know they eliminated. Um, uh, it was hard to keep up with some of the pins as well. So. Um, I dug it. It was, like I said, I, I think this match more than anything kind of speaks to the the race to the top, if you will, in terms of, like I said, the, these factions specifically, these two are fighting for the supremacy of the brand. And then to your point, Volk Orchestra is coming more so out on the the winning side now that uh, Ishida is not no longer the, the man, if you will. So it's, it's interesting seeing not only how they did it as a group, but to see it as we're going to talk about through all these calls, see them pick up individual wins as well. So, Yes, indeed. So we shall have to see what happens um, over the next couple of weeks. But it's kind of like pull an icing to the, on the cake for the faction warfare at the moment because everything the rest of this tour was kind of about titles and title storylines. So I'm yeah. sure we will get back to faction stuff as we go along. Before we go to the next card... Um, and before I forget, I just wanted to mention the passing of um, Brian Dixon last weekend. Uh, Brian Dixon was uh, the uh, lead promoter of All Star Wrestling. He was the guy who brought Jushin Thunder Liger to the UK for the first time. He was the guy that set up in opposition to joint wrestling and made um, wrestling cool again in the 1980s while joint promotions were concentrating on Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks All-Star were trying to make a, a break from the tradition of British wrestling with by buying, signing big stars and creating a, a new format for the way British wrestling should be presented. And eventually they, create, they created some incredible television in the 1980s 
and in early into the early 90s um we talked a lot about brian on the um mark rocco podcast that me and alex did a few years ago when mark rocco passed away and we will no doubt do a podcast on mr brian dixon because he's incredibly important to the wrestling industry, because not only did he give breaks to people like, oh, uh, let's see, Jushin Thunder Liger, um, uh, Yuji Nagata, one uh, Brian Danielson, Colt Cabana, uh, Chris Hero, uh, various other people you may have heard of in the wrestling industry over the last 30 years. He was a guy who brought episodic format style wrestling um to the fore in the United Kingdom and gave it a different voice and he's incredibly important to the wrestling story and has employed thousands of people in the wrestling industry over the last 40 years and really did an awful lot for women's wrestling in the UK, for men's wrestling in the UK, TV wrestling in the UK and kept the flame alive in the dark ages when it looked like British wrestling might disappear altogether. So Godspeed Brian and take care and we will give his thoughts to his family and we'll move on with the rest of the show. But we'll definitely do a Brian Dixon show sooner rather than later, because um, you got it, haven't you? Absolutely, RIP. Indeed. So let's move on to the card two, which is version 52 from Sapporo Hokkaido, Sapporo 2-1 Stadium. Um, this one, uh, 278 people. This was a tape show. It was, by the way, if, you just le- if you're looking to get into late and you want... Um, something that's a little less to chew on. <laughs> These two next shows are only a couple of hours and they kind of give you a good feel for what Glate's about. Um, there's lots of lots of stuff on it. There's lots of singles matches. It's less frantic because they're house shows. So you can kind of like appreciate the characters a little bit more. Um, and it's a lot less story heavy, this particular one especially. Um, yeah. So we will start on this show. This one wound up to a championship match for the G-Rex Infinity Championship, the first defence for T-Hawk as he took on Chet Chimitani. And there was a press conference to open the show, um, which was remarkably quiet (laughs) for those people who watch um, press conferences for championship matches in the UK, as you, oh, sorry, like in Western wrestling, where tables inevitably get broken. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's, it's I don't know if this is ever I don't know if I ever get used to these quiet, respectful press conferences. <laughs> Hopefully, it's bombastic. The, you know the wrestling press conferences, the UFC press conferences. <laughs> All of it's just, you know. There you go. And we open with a tag match uh, which featured Yan's family. That was Takanori Ito, Yusei Kadama. Um, and special guest for the day, Yu Yu Susumu, um, who took another booking. In fact, he's an ideal guy for Jan's family. I'm not sure if he's a member of the faction, but they made him wear the Um, (laughs) T-shirt. They went up against color counts, Kasayashi, Minoru Tanaka, and Noriyuki Yoshida. Um, This one was a lot of fun. It was your kind of classic um, daily face wrestling match versus heel wrestling match, and not an awful lot to say about it, really. Yoshida's an independent wrestler. He started off wrestling for zero one back in the day back in 2008 had a long stretch off came back in 2016 has worked for ddt pro wrestling fto and pro wrestling kikegi he's had some shows in gleet in 2021 so we must have seen them and he's had some dates more dates for zero one and ddt uh bjw uh chikasaki wrestling 
Uh, who's that? I've never seen that one before. Secret base wrestling as well. There's so many wrestling promotions in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Just so many that we'll never hear of. Like if you've made it to um, cage match, you've got you have a following because someone's reported it. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it, just you can make a living as a pro wrestler and, and never ever get to even like you know the smaller big promotions like late, if that makes sense. But anywho, what did you think of this one, Marcus? Yeah, like to your point, a fun opener, fun opener. Uh... You know, it's always interesting seeing these different combinations and just different happenings with Jan's family, everything going on. Like I said, Ito was, to me, the, like the constant doing things. Obviously, you know, moving around him, like I said. Um, you know, Tanaka's, you know, been with, you know, him and Ayashi are the OGs, if you will, and with Yoshida kind of uh, brought a different flair to to Jan's family and then you know after the match obviously they like you said always be pushing the merch uh, even if it's with somebody that's not in the panel which I can appreciate um, but yeah it was cool because you know like you said Hayashi um, it's been in some previous situations and not necessarily gotten a win so it was cool to see him and, and Tanaka you know kind of command things because you know Minoru was kind of sprinkled throughout all three of these shows um, consistently so it's, it's always good when he takes home a win uh but yeah, just a, just a fun opening. Nothing too nothing too strenuous or uh, anything like that. No, I think as well. Like it's nice. To, I mean, Hayashi and Tanaka don't tend to take too many wins because they're in an executive position, and generally speaking, that's considered bad form in this day and age, um, unless you're a mega draw, um, which they ain't. Um, anymore, and that's fine. <laughs> you know, they're just they're just wrestlers, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, um, but yeah, no, this was fun. Um, Nor else, what else can say about it? Really, it didn't really move anything along. The Jan's family storyline kind of moved along on the next card a lot more than it did on this one. So, shall we move on, sir? We shall. Okay, so next up was Uiska taking on Quiet Storm. So this one was regular army against Bulk Orchestra. And this was kind of your classic small guy, big guy match. Yeah. Um, and again, I've watched these two wrestle all day because they're great. And yes, sir. Wasn't doing a lot because it's a house show match, but it, it did what it did. And it, they did it well because they're both very capable wrestlers who put on entertaining matches. And this is what you want to see in a house show match. You want to see them trying, and they, they do. And this was great. There was lots of cool little stuff in it. Iska being the, the mouse to Quiet Storm's cat. But eventually, all that size and bulk, if you pardon the pun, uh, took the win for um, Quiet Storm. What's your thoughts on this one? No, everything you you know, one hundred percent agree with everything you said. It's one of those situations uh, where you know I, I can appreciate because we we do get a lot of uh, tags on these shows, so I can appreciate when things kind of slow down a little bit and you kind of hone in on the singles uh, situation, uh, which I appreciate. Um, and and Storm and you were a great combination, but you know, like you said, big man, smaller guy, kind of got out last. Like I said, the game the game with against any. Certainly the faction, but any, you know, member of Bulk is you got to outlast him. I think Storm is the right name for him because uh, that's that's kind of what it is. Uh, but but you just couldn't do it, you know. Um, brought, brought the, you know, 
did what everything you're supposed to do, bring the high impact kicks, take them off your feet, go off your feet to take them off the feet, um, and try to, you know, put them down. But, you know, Storm is just, he's a different, he's a different breed. It's just like, you understand, like, how he's able to maintain that energy throughout the match. It's like, it never dips, even when he's taking damage. So, uh, a fun one. But like you said, this could have went good, another good 10 minutes. would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. Know. Uh, Ten minutes. Um shout out to Quiet Storm, by the way. He always retweets our podcast and we do bleach shows. So appreciate that from him. Thank you very much, sir. And Suzuki San, who owns Gullet Leader, he owns UWF and Play. He always retweets our stuff. We appreciate you both. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Um, but yes, we shall move on. Uh it's say Onitskaira versus Yutani. So this is regular army versus um, some black generation and two very similar wrestlers, kind of the heel and face of each other. Um, Yutani is a bit more kick heavy, I think, than Amitskaya. Um, but they're both a lot of fun to watch. So, this was really cool. This was kind of one of my favorite matches on these cards. Um, and kind of like proper faction wrestling, you know, uh, Katoru Suzuki came out to support Yutani. This is cool stuff. I enjoyed it. There's a sense of seriousness about it. Shout out to this arena, by the way, because there is just, I have never seen so many advertising holdings in such a small space. Oh, yeah, it was good. Well, this this was the one with the uh, the yellow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There must have been like a, um, a borrowed ring so they didn't have to cast it down to the other end of the country. Yeah, the, the, the audience felt like it was as vibrant as the, the, the aesthetic. Which, which I appreciate it because obviously, you know, we, you know, you know, Japanese calls are very, you know, knowledgeable and respectful of the craft, but they was really getting into it. And I think that lends itself to what you said earlier. These weren't necessarily deeply, deeply story driven shows. All the story elements throughout all three, but this was more like you said, a house show where, you know, you could see the performers having a lot of fun doing it and getting the crowd into it. And it, it really felt uh, uniform, if you were unanimous, I should say, um, with the interaction. So, yeah, but this is another one that, you know, these two great opponents, uh, you know, that, that could have really won another 10 minutes uh, for me because, you know, they're, they're great. Like you said, Utah uh, is more with the kicks and, and whatnot, but that, that just made that dynamic uh, even better. And I think these these two singles did a great job at setting up because they both under 10 minutes did a great job at setting up um, the elevated level of action that we were going to get in this next match because it, it was it – was, Got it. Got a little wild in this next match. Uh, shout, uh, out to, shout out to Kate Rashida as well, because as I'm watching this, Utani did a Terpicon Hilo to the outside and appeared to land square in Kate Rashida's crotch. So um, I hope he's okay. <laughs> he was also checking his teeth when he got up. That was that was not that was something we forgot to mention in that tag match from. Um, I don't know. It was this one, wasn't it? No, it was was it the other the other one? The tag match with T Hawk and Linderman against Soma Watanabe and um uh Iska. What was Soma Watanabe trying to do with that like running uh, uh, jump that was, on the top row? That this this I thought that was this upcoming match. He did it in both, but the first yeah. time he did it, he seemed to just land on El Linderman's face full force. But this and one this, I was <laughs> This one he did it to Toncho and he landed on it was like a, a floating like drop over the top rope. I didn't get it. You know what it reminds me of? You remember when Shelton did that leapfrog? 
Mm. And Shawn Michaels called him with the super kick. You're like, what was he going for? <laughs> so it's, it's like I don't I don't get it. Like it like was him like messing up on the on the, like I guess the, the sloppiness of it was the effectiveness of it. I um, guess so. But I'm like that that didn't look like it. You almost tripped doing the stomp. I didn't. I didn't really get like it was well, impressively confusing. Like yeah, there's no, it's no wonder what Anabi was tagging with Lindemann. I think Lindemann was saying, "I don't want to be anywhere near that ever again." Because it, <laughs> it it essentially looked like what Anabi jumped over the top rope and landed foot first on Lindemann's face, which is not good. No, <laughs> no, it, it's not. It good. was definitely not good when he rolled out of the ring and spent three minutes underneath the front row either. God was, no. No, no, no. So he apparently executed the move correctly here, which is good. Um, but it appears to be, it, it seems like an awful lot of effort for not much reaction. Yeah, it's, 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 it almost kind of reminds me of like that time where I like came to the realization that all them years I, I watched Billy Kidman, he was doing a really bad shooting star. <laughs> and it was like it's like you like oh then you see somebody else like Evan Bourne or Ricochet or some other people doing like oh that's how it's supposed to be done. He was really about like landing his knee in people's face. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Shoot star press is not easy. Have I told you that Chris Jericho broke his arm learning to do shooting star presses in a swimming pool? Oh wow. Because Justin Liger was trying to teach him how to do the shooting star press. So they went to the pool, obviously, because you don't want to land on a ring. Um, and he managed to break his arm because he hit the water with that much force. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, the degree of difficulty. But, yeah, I think I think he can – Walter Nave can – just, just take it out to Arsenal. You can come up with something else. Like, do a springboard, like, um, something, something else. Springboard with, like, a twisting splash or something. But that that – he could have injured himself, and he could have injured somebody else. I'm, I'm not keen. I don't like it. It just yeah. looks like a disaster waiting to happen. Exactly. <laughs> it was just like, hmm. We were discussing this online the other day about, like, uh, me and who else was it? One of the people, a, a mutual of mine, and they were they were discussing the Minoru Suzuki tweet, uh, message, sorry, not tweet, interview, a lot from a few years ago where they um, talked about, like, Suzuki talked about why is John Moxley popular? It's because he can't do stuff. He's actually terrible at most things, but he's great at being John Moxley, and that's why he's over. Why is Zack Sabre Jr. over? Because he can only do the things he does really well, so he does the things he does really well. Um, and I was pointing out, like, Desperado probably does less moves now than he did three years ago and is more over than he ever has been. Do you know what I mean? No, it's it's. I mean, I think that's the mark of a of a you know true pro is knowing you know, and it, I think you could throw somebody like Styles in there as well. He really doesn't do um, an exorbitant amount of the things he used to do, obviously because age plays a factor in that. But he's also somebody that knows when it's time to do something. You don't put a springboard four fifty in every match. Um, and, and stuff like that. And some of that stuff you just don't need to do. A lot of his stuff is more so. Um, you know, high impact uh, stuff, and and he's added a lot more forearms and and stuff to that nature in there. But you know, like you said with the Moxley thing, you're right. You know, that's why his style comes off more as brawling. Like, you know, he's uh not deeply technical, and maybe that's that's where it's you know he's been elevated a bit with the Black Combat uh, Club because it's 
you know, adding those submissions is really, you know, helped in that regard because you can't ground and pound everybody um, until yeah. it went. Yeah. And I was just watching the match with, I think it was, yeah, I think uh, Zach Sabre had a match on uh, what that was, Dynamite or, or Rampage. Mm-hmm. And I, I always say, like, he's like the like the real life or the human version of a, of a Python because even when you think you got him, he's got you. Like, the guy had him up in a torture rack and he put him in, like, a, a chantery or a choke. And it was like this is this is this is the brilliance of Zack Sabre Jr. Um, you will all pay the windy man in the end. That's exactly. The, yeah. Exactly. Is, um, it, yeah. So much of that is is, is you know uh, when and and why you do it, particularly telling those stories, then then stuff like Despy, remind you know he, he gets explosive, but it's not coming out the gate with it. And I think so much of that has to do with that aesthetic, with the mask and everything. You don't always know what he's thinking. Everything plays a part in what he does. Right, um, Dara. Um, we did when we did the best of Super. I don't know if you heard the show or not. But when we did the best of Super Juniors review, Dara doesn't watch Japanese wrestling. Barely watches American wrestling or British wrestling or any type of wrestling because he, <laughs> he watched wrestling from twenty years ago. And um, we did we did the best of Super Juniors today, uh, and he had to like describe just from seeing the pictures of the wrestlers. And the one that stuck out to me most was Desperado. Just a picture of Desperado was like, I'm interested in that guy. I want to know what that guy does. He's cool. And Tom from wrestling, um, Tom from the wrestling, Grand Wrestling Review, loves Desperado purely based on his physical look and his attributes as a physical person. Um, and actually watched Wrestle Kingdom this year because he knew Desperado was in it. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 that's yeah, that's, that's just, that's like the effect that look and that aesthetic, that's all you need sometimes. That does the job. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the exact way I felt the first time I saw Penta and Lucha on the ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, there's very there's very direct lines between both of them, I suppose, in that black and white aesthetic, the Lucha aesthetic that they have. Um, and, it, and you look back into history, it's Pentagon, uh, well, Octagon, who was the original, like, founder of the pentagon gimmick if you see what i mean because there was octagon and then there was pentagon who was an evil version of pentagon and then there was octagon junior etc um had a very simple kind of like aesthetic but the fans loved him for it you know just like black and white kind of uh, martial arts kind of daily um and yeah so anywho we've we've segued as we usually do let us move back <laughs> to this here wrestling show uh, where are we? So yeah, um, but yeah, Al Linderman, somewhat an Abbey defeated 60 seconds on Tinsho and uh, Iska in. This was fine, but again, didn't really do an awful lot. In fact, this was more of um, a straight wrestling tag team match in that sense because it was, um, how do I pour it? Um, it was more of a straight wrestling tag team match in the sense of a traditional tag team match because they just kind of like started doing stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it, because it's a house show, and like I said, uh, story elements always throughout because the Gleets are going to always keep that, that continuity. But um, this was just, like you said, a straight up and down, you know, thing. And I don't know, maybe if there was more on the line and I wouldn't, this is me, I guess, giving uh, the benefit of the doubt to watching out baby with that move. Maybe if this was something like a title's on the line, he wouldn't have did that crazy move. <laughs> um, you know, because that that could have really, uh, you know, deteriorated their chances of winning. But uh, yeah, yeah, like you said, just a standard standard stuff, but good stuff all around. But you know, 
take away no Watanabe, take that out of your arsenal, please. Please, please do, please, please. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of explanatory wrestling in this. It was yeah. a bit like when WWE first started going to Saudi Arabia in the opening match would be two old veterans who kind of explain how a wrestling match works by having a wrestling match. There's lots of that. This tag team was kind of that. I mean, like um, you missed it out, but you when you turn, he lost to Onitskaya. Um, Black Generation International beat up on its guy to show, you know, hey, we're the bad guys and that's the way it's supposed to be. So, kind of cool in that sense of just like sensible things to do in front of an audience you've not been in front of before or you haven't been in front of for a while. So, yeah, no, it was cool. I enjoyed the show a lot. Um, shall we move on? Yes, sir. Uh, we went to back to Black Generation versus. Um, Bulk Orchestra. This time, Hartley Jackson, Kato Ishida, and Katoru Suzuki defeated uh, Hayuta Tamura, Kazuma Sakamoto, and Raichu Kawakami. 13 minutes and 10 seconds. This was Ishida versus Kawakami. Kind of broke down to that in the end, and Kawakami takes the loss. Um, she kind of set into some place some frustration for Kawakami, who's not had a good run since he came back from injury. But maybe he's looking for a reset, and we'll talk about that a bit more after the next show, because it kind of showed a bit more in that show. Well, this is kind of like Black Generation asserting themselves after a big loss, but um, you still get the feeling that Bulk Orchestra are kind of like back on the strength again. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they're going, it, it, the back and forth is great because, you know, at any one given time, the, the, the level of uh, momentum can shift, uh, which, you know, keeps things, you know, really interesting. But, you know, just going off before we even get to the third card, like, as long as they got, they have these, like, six-man matches, as long as they keep Hartley as their base, and then the Shido as the kind of finishing man, uh, they probably go come out with the win. It's 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 a very, you know, unique combination, him constantly being the battering ram and, setting them up and then obviously you know Shida kind of coming in to finish the job with the German and if either if it's Suzuki or Yutani uh some you know another another person like it's 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 a very unique thing that they have going uh but uh yeah like you said even even with the win you know Bulk is still gaining momentum but uh good good stuff either way yes sir yes sir and again, I think watching Kataru Suzuki in this match kind of, you know, he's, he's a veteran, but he kind of was the blue wrestler in this match. He spent a lot of time in the ring basing for people and doing different things, and I really enjoyed that. You know, I, I've watched Kataru Suzuki wrestle, you know, a broomstick because um, he's that good. So it was good to see him having his chance to stretch his legs in this match, so that was good as well. Shall we get to our main event? We shall. Main event was for the G-Rex Championship. It was the first defense by T-Hawk, and he was going up against the G-Infinity Champion, Czech Shimatani, who was taking this match deathly seriously. This was his first, I think, possibly his first opportunity for about a year. I think he did challenge El Lindemann at the beginning of Lindemann's reign, so he doesn't know when he's going to get another title shot, so he really, really tried. And this match was exceptionally good. It maybe isn't the best of the G-Rex matches because Lindemann's such a high standard and Ishida did as well. And T-Hawk has a long way to go to set that kind of um, depth. Um, 
But yeah. you had bulk orchestra in the corner of uh, Chechimitani, to their credit, they did not interfere, nor did they do anything particularly nefarious. They are respectable when it, when it comes to championship belts. Um, and this was a straight up and down match. Um, and Shimitani wanted to do the job by himself. And so yeah. they, they obliged. And this was great. And this was just really good. Um, and it told the story of Shimitani being not quite good enough. He's there, he's nearly there, but he isn't there yet. And that's the key thing. Um, and yeah, what did you think of this one, Marcus? Oh, yeah, absolutely right. That's that's the story. That's all, like, check, I mean, you know, Boko Kessler doesn't have any uh, lack in terms, like, everybody's a stud in there. And it, it was great seeing this match and them from not support him after that great win that he got in that chaotic tag that they had. Uh, because I think, you know, he's the one that ended up pulling out the victory. And coming off of that momentum going here, like you said, great match, but T-Hawk is, does feel like a different breed. Like you said, they, the ball's been set for him as a champion with, with Lindemann, certainly Lindemann, and then uh, she the, the following. But T-Hawk is, is proven match by match that he is a guy that, that, that warrants the level of competition that somebody like, you know, uh, Lindemann got. And obviously she had for his time. Um, and we're going to see, I think we're going to continue to see that elevate. Um you know, who knows? He might get a litany of of, of book orchestra opponents coming up. Because, um, like I say, everybody can you know uh, can go. But this w- was a good showing on both ends. This another one we talk about it all the time having a uh, a winning loss, if you will, because this is only going to make him get better. And uh, obviously, T Hawk, you know, is getting those great defenses in. So, um, he's also somebody that like Linderman and Cedar has a great finisher. Um, so um, yeah, he's gonna continue to thrive. But yeah, this was uh, it was a great show for for Shima Tom. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does and more singles action. Yeah, wouldn't even take the congratulations of T Hook on a good match. He was that angry with himself for losing, which is really kind of cool. It shows you how much he cares about this championship and how much he cares about his profession. He wanted to do this the right way, and he couldn't get the job done. Um, and it kind of focused him for the next card, where he would be defending that G-Infinity Tag Team Championship. So the next card was version 53. We were at, where were we at? We were at Osaka. We made a sky building stellar hall. Our favorite name of any arena anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you got, you man has some great, great. Uh, building names. Oh yeah, it, 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 just amazing. And it's really nicely laid out, and they've got a big screen so they can lay stuff out so you can see things. I would like, I'd like to go see wrestling in that arena. It's cool. It's really well put together. Um, we had a press conference again, a, a nice calm press conference where they all had a nice chat. <laughs> hmm. Um. And it also set out a match uh, between the latest member of 60 Seconds, Oji Shiba, against Czech Shimatani um, to guarantee a title slot for um, 60 Seconds, which would be Jun Tansho and Tetsuya Izuchi. Well, that's later on in the card. We opened with Yan's family, uh, Tekunori Ito and Yuseki Kadama versus Kiyuchi Saito and Minoru Tanaka. Uh, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I dug it. I liked it. This was uh, this was another instance where, because we just got to talk about Kodama, uh, t- 
taking taking the win in that in that uh that three way. And uh you know, just like I said, Ito is the kind of, you know, the star word and then, you know, somebody like Kodama kinda of works around him. Obviously he got a lot of the action and then Ito came in and, and kinda of did his thing and uh it was a good solid opener again. Lee never misses with these openers. Um, and that's just continued momentum for Young's family as we will continue to see uh, after the fact potentially growing that, that family, which is it's always interesting, some of these picks that they do. Uh, but maybe maybe that's the genius in it, uh, you know, down the line. But, yeah, it always never complain about seeing Ito get a win. No, for sure. Um, this was fun. So, and, and yeah, ended with um, an avalanche German, which we, we all would appreciate a good avalanche German. So the next up, next matchup was, um, like we said earlier, um, uh, I've gone too far here. Oh, no. At the end, oh, yeah, I should explain. At the end of that first tag team match, um, uh, Onitskaya and Kaz Hayashi came out. Um, essentially dressed as young boys because they had um, cloths on their heads <laughs> and were bowing to their seniors, Ito and Kadama, um, and essentially decided that they were going to have a match to see who would become a member of Jan's family, which would be later on the show. As far as I can tell, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Bit weird, but true, Yes. Um, so let's move on to this singles match between uh, Oji Shiba and um, Czech Shimitani. Oji Shiba, I'm pretty sure we haven't seen him before, but I'm just going to check. Uh, where's he from? Um, he's a singles wrestler. He's a freelancer. He has wrestled. He, already started, he started in Dragon Gate. So I wonder where they can find a Gora job here. <laughs> um, I wonder who trained him or had a hand in training him. Uh, so he's been a Dragon Great regular up until 2020. And now he's a freelancer and he wrestles for loads of different people. Uh, Glate, All Japan Pro Wrestling, Tenry Project, uh, Freelance Shows, Kobe, Duff Pro Wrestling, Osaka Style Wrestling, Burst Pro Wrestling. Again, all of those independents in Japan that we don't really see an awful lot of. But it was cool. And this was a cool match. Um, and he is now a member of 60 Seconds, uh, or was at least the nominated champion for 60 Seconds. Uh, is he officially? Yeah, he's in 60 seconds. Uh, he's been in 60 seconds since 2022. I'm not sure we've seen many matches with him in, to be honest. <laughs> no, we haven't. Um, no. But it, it was cool to see, and this was a great little victory. Like, anytime 60 seconds, I'll be, I'll be so pulling for him because they fight so hard. A lot of times it feels like kind of up, up mountains, but they never quit. You know, they'll come right off a loss and come right after somebody's match and be like, I got next. Just love that mentality. Um you know, because eventually that momentum is going to shift. Uh, but yeah, she was. Look, Shima Tommy just came off of a great match and, and a loss. But again, <laughs> this kind of felt like his master win, and OG just like powered through to get that pin in combination with the with the leverage, and got out of there. And 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 the rest of sixty seconds came out there. Was so happy for him. It was great to see. Uh, but he was exhausted after that match, as he should have been. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a hard fought victory if I ever saw one. A long six minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Very long for uh, OG Shiva. Shimatani ran him ragged for six minutes and 15 seconds, to be honest with you. Um, but a good little match, and it showcased um, Shiva very well. And of course, that's the storyline for the main event. 
but a cool little wrestling match even just within itself because it, it gave a lot of kudos to things. So, well, the next match was intriguing because it's Blake versus Sendai Girls representing Blake, Yunagi Sakaya and Yukari Hasakawa going up against the Sendai Girls of Miki Iwata and Yuriki Oka. This went 10 minutes and Yuriki Oka pinned a Sakawa in the finish. I've looked up Yuriki Oka. How long do you think she's been wrestling for? Oh, these are my most now favorite pop quizzes. Uh, let's see. On your first time seeing her, how long do you think she's been wrestling for? And this is for a wider, a wider. Uh, sorry, no, for um, Yuriki Hooker, the blonde-haired lady on the Sendai Girls team, the one with the twist in Frog Splash. Let's see. Has it has it been? I would say it's not even been a decade. Maybe. No. <laughs> She is 19 years old. She's been wrestling for three years. I was going to say five, man. Right. Yeah, there you go. Mako Satamora does not pick him, doesn't she? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's a protege of Sendai Girls and therefore a protege of Mako Satamora. I guess she's probably a, it's probably more of a Dash Chisako uh, protege these days because Chisako and those guys are running the Sendai Girls Dojo at the minute because obviously Mako Satomura being an international WWE superstar um, who wrestles when she wants to or when they need her <laughs> um, is uh, not so involved with Sendai Girls as she used to be. Um, I think she's still president of the company now. Um, but yeah, this was stiff and to the point as most matches with Iwata are um, <laughs> and Oka kind of Drag things along in the same way. She smiled a lot whilst beating the seven shades of snot out of her opponents. Um, and um, yeah, uh, Sayaki was obviously great, and Hosokawa is awesome as well, considering how much poise she has, considering that she's only like 17, 18. Um, but yeah, no, this was a lot of fun and showcased both teams really well. But I kind of thought the Sendai girls would win because, you know. Um, that seems to be the theme with the Clay women's division. Our hometown team's really good, but we're not going to let them win anything, ever. Mm. So, yeah. What did you think of this one, Marcus? I mean, it's always great. You know, we always love seeing the, 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 the ladies go out there, show up and show out, and they did this here. This was great. Um, also, we, like you said, we had seen Unagi and Yukari against each other, and this was pairing them up. Um, and also, you want to you know, glee to get to did the win for the brand, but you know, um, Wiser and and uh, Eureka was came off like a weld old machine. Um, was moving and grooving. Uh, God bless you, Nagi. She was in there. She was giving as good as she got. Um, <laughs> but you know, and and you know, she kind of comes off as like the little engine that could. And obviously, Yukari was, uh, you know backing up but it just kind of you know kind of came down to what it was um so yeah you know i think obviously she's gonna get better she always kind of you know gives me a vibe like my girl fukuda in that regard yeah, yeah. you know she's always you know you could knock her down a bunch of time but she gonna keep getting back up um so uh this was a fun combination to see in 10 minutes of like you said stiff stuff good stuff oh yeah i i was um 
scanning through Instagram whilst watching this and came across Iwata's Instagram account. And there's a picture of her in a lovely white ankle-length ball gown with, like, heels and stuff. And she looks amazing. And then I look up and she's literally kicking the snot out of Sakawa. And it's like, wow, a study in contrasts. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she was obviously off out for the evening and wanted to show off her evening attire. And she looked really good. Anyway, um, yeah, that's the thing is... But again, he's still kind of on the story of like the great women need some inspiration, I guess. That's the next thing to do. Shall we move on, sir? Let's do it. Next up was Black Generation International, Hartley Jackson, Kato Ishida, and Yutani. They defeated Stronghearts, L. Lindem, and T Hawk, and Uiska at 13 minutes and 21 seconds. This one was a bit more faction y uh, between Stronghearts and the Great Faithful, but it was a lot of fun. Because, you know, T-Hawk and Lindemann have been tagging together for years now. And Iska is, is uh, kind of in on that kind of level as well. And as, as smooth as Black Generation International are, you do have to say strong hearts are up there when it comes to combination tag team wrestling. Um, and, yeah, watching L. Lindemann go up against Hartley Jackson is always going to be ace because L. Lindemann doesn't knows he can knock him down, but Hartley Jackson isn't going to go down. <laughs> no, no, sir. So that's always fun. Um, but yeah, no, this was great. And two premier teams who are doing a wonderful job and um, making very entertaining professional wrestling. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, again, you know, uh, Utani gets in there and rumbles and, 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 and you know, dances back and forth a lot. The only thing, all that comes in there is the battering ram and Keito, you know, kind of comes in there and he's the closer. You know, that this is a lethal combination, uh, but specifically with Harley and, and, and Keito is the two uh, specific ones. And, and like I said, they they, they usually go with Utana, but they can keep that third man in rotation. Uh, and Stronghold's like Lindemann, T-Hawk, and you, that's, you know, that's a great trio on any brand. But like I said, it's a different thing. You got Harley Jackson on the other side, who I don't, I don't think I've ever ever seen a man get dropped. If he does drop, it's off the apron outside because somebody kicked him off it. But on his back, yeah, you you probably won't see that. Um, and yeah, and that, that's kind of what got ran into here. So, you know, like I said, fun stuff. But uh, you know, it's interesting to be trying a combination of three men that could definitely beat beat those three. We will have to see. Um, but yeah, no, I think they're a lot of fun to watch. It is amazing because I think I think for years now we've kind of been used to LIJ being the faction that have tag team wrestling down, and mm-hmm. they still do. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, like, Lork Orchestra and Black Generation, I'd give it, would give them a run for their money as far as smoothness is concerned. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it was either on, it, it had to be on the last two calls where they, uh, it was either Hartley and Utani or another two combination of the two where they like it felt like like uh she either got shot out of a cannon with a drop kick, like it was like a dual assisted drop kick. It was yeah. it was like I'm like, do they do coming up with this stuff on the fly or was that like that's like I say it's the fluidity of it, you know. Like I said, Boko Orchestra is just like such a honed chaos in themselves that they just always disorient their opponents because they control that outside so well. And black generation, like I said, kind of come cuts through like a precision knife, and then all of a sudden this hammer comes out of nowhere. Named Harley Jackson, 
and then you have no answer for it. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. That would be that would be great for like an all star show. Um, but if if somehow we could get the, I don't know if you would do that in a multiverse show or whatever. But a Black Generation versus Lij, that's that's a that's potential match of the year right there. It is. Uh, it's possible. Um, Hiromu Takahashi is off to Dragon Gate next weekend for a, for a show. After Dominion this weekend, and of course next weekend is to get all together again. It will be Noah, All Japan, and New Japan doing a show together um, for COVID charities actually. Um, so yeah, it's 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 an intriguing wrestling world because the barriers are down once again. The, the King's Row companies kind of like banded together a while back to try and kind of catch up to New Japan Pro Wrestling. But arguably, you could say they have done. Noah's not that fine, far behind New Japan um, as far as like outright attendance is concerned. DDT have done really, really well to be as far forward as they are. All Japan are a little bit behind, I would guess. Um, and Dragon Gate kind of do their own thing and kind of not be bothered by anyone and kind of just keep going and they're getting good attendance too well. Even Stardom has bigger attendance some days than New Japan does and Noah has bigger attendance than Stardom and New Japan does. So the wrestling kind of backdrop to the world is slowly but surely going back to where it was in the early 2000s, late 90s where you've had three or four major companies all going for a slice of the pie rather than it just being New Japan and whoever else. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But um, moving on, next up was that match for the shots in Yan's family between Issei Onotsukaya and Kaz Hayashi, which was, in fact, just a regular type, just a regular match. You wouldn't have thought that it would just go like that. But, yes, it was just a wrestling, wrestling regular wrestling match. And it was pretty fun, really. <laughs> um, Kadama and uh, Ito came down with seats at ringside so they could watch stuff so yeah it was alright what did you think of this one Marcus I dug it I liked it you know Issei uh, very much going down to kind of the breakdown of Wally veteran and, and, and Hayashi like that's not going to work kid <laughs> that's not going to work I'm going to take all the skin off your chest every time I get back up and uh, Issei had to respond and you know, I, th- I thought, and I'm pretty sure he thought as well, he had him when he got him in that Cobra cl- Clutch and uh, didn't get him. And then he finally got him. Uh, I want to say he caught him in a pin combination or something to that effect. Um, or whatnot. Yes. But he was, I don't think anybody was happier than him just for that match to be over with because he was, I think he thought he was going to get him out of there a lot sooner than he did. And, uh, but yeah, got the win, exhausted, but he got the shirt, got the merch, looking good, in the blue and the yellow. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's in the family now, so we're we gonna see how that's gonna go. But yeah, that was a that was not a day off for him. <laughs> no, he went in with a Frankensteiner and a double leg Nelson. That was the, that was the uh, yeah, and what would say. So yeah, no, this was good. It was a fun match. It was wasn't meant to be taken seriously, but they actually ended up going really hard for about eight years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Onyx Skyer is now a member of Jan's family, and we'll see where this little storyline goes from there. Um, yeah, I'm guessing it's Stockholm syndrome, really, more than anything else. But what can you do? Um, next up was a special singles match. 
Samuel Watanabe versus Ryuichi Kawakami. Kawakami, sorry. Now, this was a special singles match, and as special single matches go, that kind of puts you in line for shots at the big championship, the special singles championship, the G-Rex title, as it were. So Kawakami, as we said, been on a bit of a losing streak since he came back off of injury, kind of needed to put Soma Watanabe away here, and he didn't do it. He couldn't do it. Watanabe had an answer pretty much for everything he came across. 30 minutes and 32 seconds. Really fun wrestling match to watch. This was a serious piece of business. Kawakami is really good. And Samoa Nabe is really good. So, you know, put something in a story that kind of puts things on the line and creates some tension. And this was great. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? about that middle myself but uh yeah this like you said this was a serious piece of business i was very much impressed with uh watanabe like you said had an answer for everything um mikawakami brought and it very much was very mindful of what all he needed to do like you said it was special with title implications on the line i almost feel like anytime you beat somebody all book orchestra you almost get shit uh get lined up for a title shot because it's just not easy um and him brilliantly knowing like it, obviously i need to hit this guy with two two four fifties uh was just it was just smart smart play and, it, and it, like you said it's lined him up pretty good for a title shot um and bonus didn't get that move so yeah it, it was it was uh it was good stuff and you uh you like to see stuff like that now is another one who's been like you said slowly but surely coming up and uh, it's going to be interesting seeing exactly where where that goes. Indeed. <laughs> Which brings us to the main event of the evening. Czech Shimatani, Hayata Tamora, going up against 60 seconds, Juntansho and Tetsu Yuzuchi. 18 minutes and 39 seconds of a fantastic tag team wrestling match. We haven't seen Tonsho and Yuzuchi have given this much canvas to work with as far as a main event match is concerned for quite some time. So seeing them together, tagging up against Shimitami and Tamora, two teams that can really, really go. And they did not let up for the full 18 minutes. I thoroughly enjoyed all of this. This was great. Um, and kind of what the Infinity Tag Time tools have become about, which is like top-notch tag team wrestling. This is one of the most respected tag titles in Japan right now. And that's down to Volk Orchestra, who two-time champions who kind of owned these belts for the last 18 months um, since the company started with these particular championships. And 60 Seconds are a good example of the teams that they have to beat. And this really went went hard for the full 18 minutes of 39 seconds. Still waiting in the wings for Volk Orchestra, though, is Voodoo Murders, the Sato Brothers. So we'll see what happens with that. But what did you think of this one, Marcus? You know, we always, obviously, shout out to K's match. We always use them to kind of go through these matches, uh, you know, obviously with uh, the cars and whatnot. And obviously, they didn't give this, unfortunately, another situation where they didn't break this kind of match. But this is, you know, me again telling you this is one of them situations. We can talk about it till we blew in the face. Go watch the match. Local orchestra have made these tag title matches must-see. Whether they was fighting for them, 
Uh, thankfully, mostly they was fighting to defend them, but even when they was fighting to get them back, it was it was brilliant. And uh, like I said, I'm a 60 seconds fan, so I love you know the way these guys spiritually fight uphill, and that's what you're doing anytime you're up against Wolf Orchestra, and specifically you know against these two who have been defending these titles um, insanely, uh, you know since they got them back. So yeah, I just appreciated what they did, you know. June and, and Tetsuya really brought everything to the match and, uh, you know, they didn't obviously didn't pull it out, but, you know, looked phenomenal in defeat. And, you know, I could, they could run this match back. They could do a series for me with these, like, best of three or something like that. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that's really how good these matches were. And they, they've, you know, like you said, credit to Boca Kessler, they felt like they've made this. And it's rare that you see it. Like, it feels like the, the G-Infinity tag titles are as important um, as the as the Top Gun, you know, G Rex, which which you rarely see, you know. Certainly, I mean, it, they've been they were the first titles that were fought for in the company, so there, there's a certain cachet about that because they crowned the tag team champions first before the singles champion. So I think that's kind of helped, but also you've had this long run of, I mean, I'm not sure how long they've had these titles for. Uh, let me see. Um, 272 days. Um, they've had these belts for, and they've been, um, you know, they've just been uh, outstanding in that work since last September. Um, it feels longer, <laughs> you know. Um. It, but it 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 has just been great to watch them watch them work and establish this championship. And you're absolutely right. It, that is the thing about Japanese wrestling. You know, the tag team champions in this company will get as many title matches as the singles champion, and therefore it doesn't feel unimportant or like a mid card title. And then when Shimatani puts in a match like he did against T Hawk in, in the second show in, in episode 52. Um, you can see that that helps as well. It gives you that kind of sense of importance of the championship he already holds as well. And that's no knock on Tom Show and Iduchi, who were super smooth in this match. Rock and Roll Express smooth in this match. They were really great. And it's not something they've shown. I wouldn't say they've been a clunky tag team, but they've not been as smooth and not been as accomplished looking as they have in this particular match. Yeah. Yeah, what you what you appreciate because you know that that's these are the situations where you kind of want that to finally click, and 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 it did. So you know, going forward, if they do get a rematch somewhere down the line, you know, we could potentially see something, you know, uh, potentially a different outcome, you know. But uh, you know, you always got to tip your hat to Bull Orchestra because this company doesn't have any shortage of potential tag team combination that could come after those guys. No, for sure. No, for sure. Um, I'm watching it and I forgot about this insane maneuver that Tonsho and Izuchi do, which is where Izuchi backdrops John Tonsho off the apron into Bulk Orchestra, so he hits him with a crack smash after being oh, yeah. backdrop off the apron. That's insane. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That that's that's when you know I'm like, oh, they're coming to play. They're coming oh, yeah. to play. This this back. This was this was, was some big hit stuff. Um, but yeah. Uh, but it wasn't good enough. But that's the that's kind of the the mountain they've got to climb. They know what the standard is now. 
now they have to go do it and that's the thing and that tells another story which you can layer in for next year give them another shot somewhere down the line but there's that big specter of voodoo murders right over the top of Bork Orchestra, so we will to see what's going to happen there. Um, at the end of the match, there was a promo for Bork Orchestra, which kind of ended a bit oddly, like we said, when um, Kazuma Sakamoto, uh, sorry, not Kazuma Sakamoto, um, Reiji Kawakami walked off on them, uh, unhappy at something. I couldn't figure out what he was unhappy about, but he was definitely unhappy about something. Um, and walked off into the middle distance. Um, so there you go. Another layer to the story being told, I guess. And we'll have to see, won't we? Say that again, you cut out. I'm sorry, I was explaining that Kawakami um, had um, a bit of a strop at the end of this match and walked off on Tamora and um, Shimitani as current champions. Um, and, you know, we've not seen dissension in the Bull Corkestra ranks for quite some time. Um, not since they took the bots from Kawakami and, and um, huh, from Kawakami and from Shimitani, um, uh, Kawakami and the other one whose name escapes me. <laughs> Shimitani. Oh. Yeah, the other, the other member of Bull Corkestra, Bull Corkestra. Um, Kazuma Sakimoto, that's it. Yeah, in. There you go. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been intriguing. Yeah, it's like you said, it kind of speaks to that frustration, though. He, he, you know, really wanted to get that win um, and, and didn't get it. So, you know, hopefully we're not, not seeing uh, a potential defection because, you know, I've almost gotten used to that watching New Japan. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, for, for championship. Uh, machinations on the other side of that but uh yeah it's rare because it's you know they're, they're so tight-knit as as a group but you know when you start breaking them off and like you said a streak begins you get frustrated and you're watching you know two more of your group members thrive in a position that you used to be in it can, can kind of create a little bit of a you know envious type of feeling so we'll see how that develops that's a that's a key component to watch going forward as well mm, definitely so we'll have to see what happens there in the meantime, when's the next Blake? I don't think we've got news on the next Blake booking. Um, let me have a look and see I what wanna, next event is. I, I want to say they advertised it what, for the 14th, I think I've seen an advertisement. 14th of June. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would think so. I will look up Blake on the Twitter there, if you'll bear with me for a second. Do, 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 do. Let's have a look on the Twitch stream of Blake. Oh, yeah, of course, it's the UWF final, isn't it? That's the next show. Tokyo Dome Sea Hall. Oh, this is, the next show is on 6th of June, 7th of June, 1st of July, 23rd of August. Oh, we've got six, sorry, 7th, 17th, and 24th. Um, and matches coming up, including the final of the UWF tournament. Um, something called Max Voltage. <laughs> no idea what's going to happen there. Osakawa and Sayaki uh, having more matches as well. Um... Yeah, it's got some interesting good stuff. Yuji Nagata and Sawama are being mm. read. Mm, intriguing. Mm, that could be interesting. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens there. Um, I'm just trying to look through and see if there's any matches announced. Lots of food. <laughs> um, nice pictures of Al Linderman. 
Yeah, no matches specifically announced, no cards specifically announced for anything. Um, go, oh, yeah, no. Uh, so we'll see, I guess. <laughs> but yes, that, the, the 30th of June, oh, sorry, it's Wednesday, June 7th, so that is on Wednesday, will be the UWF final match. Um, and in fact, on that, great version extra uh, face-off, it's called, which has, there we go, I've got, I've got it now. I can see who we've got here. Let me just boost up so I can see what's going on. So this is the show on Wednesday, which we will get to sooner rather than later. G-Infinity tag team match, uh, Voodoo Murders versus Bork Orchestra, as we said. Um, Bork Orchestra versus uh, uh, Black Generation. Um, Sun Watanabe versus Jun Zuishka, uh, Uishka from, um, not Uishka, uh, do, 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 do. Not John Tonsho from 60 Seconds. The other one from 60 Seconds. Oh. Tetsuya Izuchi. There you go. That's the fella I'm looking for. Tetsuya Izuchi. Uh, that'll be a number one contenders match. Um, Kazayashi and Tanaka versus T-Hawk and Linderman. Um, so Kawakants versus Stronghearts. 60 Seconds versus Black Generation International. Jan's family versus Uiska, that's Onitskaya uh, uh, and Kadama versus, that looks like Uiska and somebody else who I can't see. <laughs> Make it bigger. Uh, no, can't see who that person is because it's gone in front of the thing. Um, yeah, so that's going to be interesting. That happens on Wednesday. Mm. So I guess we'll get to that at some point. This week, though maybe we should not do our two for ones because we're one in front anyway. <laughs> and we we'll keep up with the car then. But uh, we'll see. We'll talk about it this week because it's a big week of wrestling this week. Um, yeah, so have to see. That, that last weekend was packed. Oh, yeah. Uh, this weekend's packed and next weekend's packed as too. So we'll have to see, I guess. Yeah. All right then. So, um, with that, uh, we'll, we will have to bid you adieu. Marcus, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, always a pleasure. Glad we got to do this. Uh, you can find me on, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the hellscape of uh, one Elon Musk <laughs> uh, on Twitter. That, that has become Twitter. Uh, that's at Paradox Kid, P-A-R-A-D-O-X-K-I-D. Always down in chat. You can find me on Twitter at Sheriff Lone Star. You can find me on Instagram at Sheriff Lone Star TX. On Mastodon at Sheriff Lone Star as well. You can find the show, True Penny Show, on Twitter and on Instagram and on True Facebook and Patreon. The True Penny Show. And at Patreon, you keep the True Penny Show free forever for everyone. Thank you very much for listening today. We'll be back with more great news next week. And until then, take care. Bye. <laughs>